Welcome to the Unsophisticated Palate, a podcast about all things wine, beer, and spirits. Join us each week as we drink and delve into different alcohol-related topics. I'm Mark. I'm Laura. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, that's delicious. Cabernet Franc. That's a Cab Franc? Okay. That's very good. All right. We're going to... I'm going to be tasting that a little bit more today. Um, (laughs) That's very good. So, uh, Laura, welcome. Thank Uh, you. Yeah, you are the assistant tasting room manager at Soda Rock Winery here in, is it technically Healdsburg? Alexander Valley. Alexander Valley. Okay, just outside of Healdsburg then in Alexander Valley, which I think most people who are familiar with wine, you've seen Alexander Valley on the wine bottle, uh, well, on some wine bottle somewhere because it's a very... I mean, it's a beautiful place, but also great for growing wine. It is. And it's, um, for most people who don't know, we're directly north of Napa, and this is our version of cab country up in Sonoma County. Okay. And I did not know that. So thank you (laughs) for learning. Um, I like that already. So as you know, first time anybody's on the podcast, we always ask them a little bit about their history and or relationship with alcohol. So... Share us whatever well, you want. Well, I like to joke about that and say that wine was in my bottle as a baby. So <laughs> being born and raised here in the Bay Area, my dad from San Francisco, uh, he grew up with wine. He grew up with a relationship with wine from around Italian families. And it's just always been part of my life. Um, my dad introduced me to wine. I drank it as from a young age, I want to say, you know, probably in my teens at family dinners and things like that. And um, really just had a passion for it. Sort of, I guess I got it from him. And uh-huh. then as I was chased around to tasting rooms as a little kid, always sort of had that in me. So when I was finally 21 and I was able to go tasting, I Legitimately. Never, never stopped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never stopped. I like that. Yeah. Never stopped. So, and, and had a passion for it and just learned and learned and, and I'm here following my passion and being able to make it into a career. Love it. Love it. I mean, that's, and that's the best. And I, I also think the way your parents did it is the way I kind of did it with my kids. And I think it's, it's crucial because, you know, it's, it's that, and we've talked about that before on the podcast, it's when it's a secret or taboo or whatever, then, then that's why kids go off to college and drink the, you know, anything and everything they get their hands on. Right. But yeah, if you actually grow up around it and it's normal and it's natural, then it's just another part of life. And then you actually really can get the appreciation and enjoyment for it, I think, and not go crazy in college. Right. Exactly. I saw, I saw that happen when I was in college, (laughs) but I, yeah, I agree. And we always had wine on the table, but you know, I always sat down to dinner with my family and wine was always on the table and holidays. It was about the wines that everybody brought. So it just, it's just evolved in my life that way. Yeah, out of curiosity, totally slightly off topic here, but now I got to ask because I, because I actually didn't drink for most of my life actually. So I'm just curious having been somebody who kind of had that exposure growing up and then watching those kind of friends and stuff, what is, is that kind of like, I mean, do you look at them and go like amateurs or something? Or I mean, I, I don't want you to talk bad about me, but I'm just kind of curious about that perspective. You know, it's interesting. I definitely, I think I had a different appreciation. I didn't go to college and go crazy. I I did watch people. I watched people get sent home because they had never touched alcohol and they just went, they were finally away from mom and dad and went crazy. Um, Where I probably was drinking wine in college versus my other friends as well. You know, Um, I can give you an experience. I moved to Las Vegas uh, for about a year. So glad I moved back. But um, (laughs) I was the only one of everyone that we hung out with that drank wine. And they made fun of me for being a wine drinker, not a beer drinker, tequila drinker, whatever. Yeah. Um, But it's just always been part of my life. So, and it's what I enjoy. Yeah. And I think at that age too, it is a little unusual to to be drinking wine in in the 20s. And especially, you know, and if you are, it's probably out of the box or it's the, you know, super cheap bottles that you can get. Not in my Um, house. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was going to say, but having that and growing up that way is awesome. 
Um, so we're here on site at Soda Rock Winery. The way I discovered you, I've been a Soda Rock fan for years. Um, and I actually was used to ride my bike uh, and they had a couple triathlons or whatever that I was part of that would go by here. And I came by here several times and I looked at the building. It's a very unique architecture. It kind of looks like a Western motif. People think it looks like a Western set. We should film a movie here. Yes, totally. And it didn't. It, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I remember this. It was like an old post office or something. It was. So the building, uh, the original majority parts of the building was a. It was built. It's actually 150 years old this year. It was built in 1869. Wow. And it was uh, by Mr. Wentworth, and we have a Zinfandel named after him. Nice. Um, and it was the post office and the general store. So this was the center of the hub for Alexander Valley. So if you're coming over the mountain from Calistoga from the hot springs or heading up north, um, you would come through here. So you had to come get your mail by horse and order your sugar and flour back in the days. And yeah, yeah. this was the place to do it. And you've kept a lot. I mean, is that the original, kind of some of the original building? Most of it is the original building. So where the main tasting room is um, and a lot of our storage space, our event space is all original. That was where the general store was. Wow. So the original uh, brickwork, the flagstone on the outside of the building actually came. There was a school here around 1900 that they believe fell down in the earthquake of 1906, the San earthquake. And they put that back on the outside of the building in the in the 20s, I believe. Okay. So there was a, a good amount of the water tower is original. Okay. And the home out front was Mr. Wentworth's home that we're actually remodeling now. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah, so I bike by and I'd look. And then when I found out it was a winery, because I didn't know, I'd always, you know, you're just boom by, right? Um, and then I'm like, oh, I've got to go there. And I wasn't even... A, big wine drinker at the time but i just knew i had to go in and check it out even just to see it and came in tried the wines loved the wines and so just excited super excited you were you're happy to meet with me today so i was all like yay um absolutely and our history goes back i mean the first bonded winery on this site was back in 1880 so the history of this winery goes back pre-prohibition there's been several wineries throughout the years and uh ken and diane wilson our owners bought it the building in 2000 it was pretty dilapidated at the time Mm -hmm. Uh, it took them 10 years to bring it to what it is now and to open up as a winery so we've been a winery for just under 10 years share a little bit more because i'm just going on about the architecture because I think it's super cool <laughs> but yeah a little bit more about all of that or anything you want to kind of share that direction we so. um yes yeah, so we we focus on the Bordeaux we are out here in the Alexander Valley so it's known to be Cabernet country and the Bordeaux varietals which grow well because it is very warm out here in Alexander Valley the Cabernet is okay in the heat in all of its varietals uh, the soils out here also being very rich from the Russian River just being behind our property um, had moved through this it's moved quite many times so this valley's got really rich soil and behind us the um, courtyard of our winery faces the volcanic mountains and so we've got two volcanoes in the area we still consider them active and um, (laughs) you can see the red soils in the morning the way the sunshine hits it and so that also tends into the cabernet can does really well with those soils and brings in some of those flavors into the grapes nice okay and that's what we're here to talk about today is bordeaux varietals and so here's what I know. Okay. <laughs> uh, Bordeaux is a region in France. Yes. And varietals is a type of grape. So we're talking about, if, if I'm getting this correct, and correct me if I'm wrong, of course, um, that's why we're here, is I'm assuming grapes that are originally from the Bordeaux region, they're now here and we're growing them there. And I've heard the term many, many times. So Yes, so you're on the right track. Okay. So Bordeaux is a region of France, and some would say the most famous region of France. Um, and there are only five varietals that are 
were allowed to be grown in Bordeaux for most of the years. They're opening their mind a little bit more nowadays in the new generation. But there are five varietals that we consider to be the Bordeaux varietals. And that mm-hmm. would be uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc, which we're drinking, uh, Merlot, Malbec, and Petit Verdot. Now, in France, um, they're much stricter. And of those five varietals, there is um, basically two areas to Bordeaux, the left side of the river, the right side of the river. On each one of them, either Cabernet is the dominant grape and you use the rest as blending grapes, or Merlot is the dominant grape, the rest as blending grapes. Um, The great thing about here is that our grapes actually ripen very easily. We have phenomenal weather here. That's why Sonoma and Napa are great areas for wine. And we're able to do things like the Cabernet Franc we're drinking on its own. They would never be able to do that in France. It wouldn't ripen up. Really? Okay, so that was kind of one of my questions is I had assumed that one of the reasons they were grown here is because it was a very similar climate, but it's actually Similar but better. But better. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Okay. Similar but better. We get a little bit warmer. The the great thing about California, most regions of California where we grow grapes, is we do not have a problem with ripening them. There's a few off years here and there, but for the most part, our fruit ripens very easily. Um, We have that perfect weather. So we get really warm days. We're not that far from the coast, so we get the cool breezes of the fog and or the fog in at night. It will come all the way into Alexander Valley. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it's that stressing of the grapes between the heat and the cool that they really enjoy, and that allows the flavors to develop. One thing I wanted to take a step back to is I'm happy yes. to describe what each of the five grapes does as far as when you're blending them together. Because the second wine we do have with us is a meritage. And what a meritage is, is a blend of two to five of the grapes. It's actually a word that was made up and started in 1985 because the French said, you can't use the word Bordeaux anymore on your bottle. So we had to come up with another because word. Because you're not technically from the region. Yes. Okay, and got we it. were degrading the French wines or something yes <laughs> so we actually um there was a contest held with three gentlemen uh, very prominent gentlemen from napa valley and a woman won the contest and she came up with the word meritage and it is pronounced meritage not meritage you want people to know that because it was the word merit and heritage put together so ah. that's the way to remember it okay um, and it was to kind of to honor those five bordeaux varietals and when you use the word meritage there's something called a meritage society that you um, have to pay in to be a member of to be able to use the word on the label and then you adhere to a set of rules. And the rules are you have to use at least two of the five. and Two of the to, five grapes that we just yes, listed there? Okay. Or, or up to all five. So two, three, four, or five in your blend and one always has to be dominant. Typically, Cabernet is the dominant grape in most Meritage blends, but you could do something else if you wanted to. So I like to talk about what each of the grapes does. When you get a Cabernet, you may not know it, it may not say it on the label, but usually there's something else blended in to your Cabernet. I've actually learned that, like, even if it's a Cabernet Sauvignon um, or whatever, it's like usually, or not always, um, a pure Cab, right? Very rare. Yeah, it's rare to get it to be 100%. It only has to be 75% to label it on the label Cabernet Sauvignon. And Um, and nothing else. It's then at that point, if it's 75% or more, it's not considered a blend. Right. That's And that's interesting to me. I I would imagine it would be higher. And I always just assumed that that's what I had. So that's, anyway, I'm sorry. I just like to point that out because that to me was very interesting. So you have to, so if it's anything less than 75%, you have to call it something else and this is where we get a lot of made-up names 
sometimes mm-hmm. of wines because they're blending um, something, for example, we here have our wild boar blend. Um, it's a 50-50 Cabs and Fennel blend. So we called it something else, wild boar after Lord Snort out front. Okay. Um, oh, yes. The, the big guy out there. He'll <laughs> yes. be on the, the Instagram, all the other places if you want to see him. Um, and so so we had to you know come up with another name. But otherwise, if it's 75 or more of the particular varietal, you can call it that varietal. So Cabernet Sauvignon, let's talk about being a main uh, wine that people are familiar with. So a lot of times you'll have 5% Merlot, 5% Malbec. Um, what are we up to? 85%. So 10% Petit Verdot and, you know, whatever the rest is with Cab Franc. Mm-hmm. So um, Cabernet Sauvignon on its own is, it is a varietal that does taste really good on its own. It has those deep cherry flavors. Um, but if you want to add, if you have a year that's maybe, you know, a bit cooler, it might have a bit more pepper or a green bell pepper flavor to it. So let's say we add in some Merlot. What Merlot does, Merlot is softer. Merlot doesn't tend to have tannins and it comes more in on the nose of a violet spectrum. So it smells like a, like violets Oh. and it has a a softer flavor to it. So when you start with your cab, maybe you want to soften it out. So you're going to add a little bit of Merlot. So, so, and and I'm, Sorry, because I'm trying to keep up with you here. Absolutely. Um, and so the the cab is a. It's, I think we. I've kind of learned anyway. Maybe not everyone, but it's a little bit stronger flavor. Mm-hmm. You're saying it's and and so by bringing in the merlot, you're kind of softening that, bringing it down a little bit. Is that, you are. that correct? Exactly. So it, it's not as bold of a flavor. So it's it's. It can calm the tannins down as well. The drying oh, effect the ta- you get okay. on your mouth because merlot doesn't do that. That so makes it can sense. Calm that down. Now. Cabernet Franc, which we're tasting, Cabernet Franc is what I call the spice rack of the blending grapes. Um, it is being it being the parent of Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, it brings on pepper and it always brings in the pepper spice. So if, when it's unripened, it's on the green bell pepper spectrum. And as it ripens, it gets to be black pepper and then white pepper. So oh, okay. there's always a hint of pepper and spice that comes through with Cabernet Franc. So you add a little bit of that in if you need to have a little bit of spice. If I wanted it to have more of a bell pepper, I might pick it a little earlier. If yes. I wanted to have a little bit more of a white pepper, I might pick it a little later then. Yes. And the green bell pepper flavor that also comes through in under-ripened Cabernet. So that actually comes from something, if you want me to get really technical, called pyrazines. Okay. But, so it's the pyrazines that don't ripen out, and that's where the green bell pepper flavor comes from. Okay. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Yeah, yeah. But that's okay. And that's actually, I did not know that. I knew it was a more peppery. I didn't know how or why and and this, that's very interesting to know so okay i'm sorry carry on then no I, I didn't, so so you're so adding all that malbec, in for spice malbec is um it's a it's a bigger grape and it also has a little bit of a darker color so malbec can be added for color and then malbec is on the blueberry spectrum it, it just smells 100 percent malbec smells like a bowl of blueberries mm. so again softer sometimes it can have a little bit of a tannic structure to it but it's just adding it a softness and a little bit of color in a different way um, than say Merlot is. Um, and then Petit Verdot, which we also have some Petit Verdot in front of us. Mm-hmm. The Petit Verdot is what I say adds color and structure. It's very, very dark, inky in color, oh, much yeah. like a Petit Syrah. Uh, that you know it has and very very tannic and bold so when I talk about the tannins that's that drying effect in your mouth and so it adds structure so if you have a maybe a Cabernet that's a little bit softer that year you can add some Petit Verdot and that's going to allow it to age for a longer potential because it's got that structure to it interesting and I'm looking at this now and it is definitely darker 100% and then you said it's it's yeah oh definitely in the in the the tannins or which dry out the mouth there yes 
So you definitely get that. And, then, and for uh, people who don't know what tannins are, it's that same thing you're going to get in coffee or tea. When you drink coffee or tea, that drying effect that you get in your palate, it's the same exact thing. It comes from the skins. And from the skins, yeah. And, and, and you can totally, if you've tasted a wine, and like I said, it almost like sucks the moisture out of your exactly. mouth, right? That's, and that's the tannins. Yes, that's the tannins. Okay. And this definitely is stronger than that. So I see, maybe I'm, maybe I'm learning, maybe not here. So I've got my, usually my cab of, of some sort, or actually probably I'm starting with my cab, Cabernet. Sauvignon. Mm -hmm. Am I saying that? Yep. Sauvignon. I was. Yep. Cabernet Sauvignon. Okay. Yep. I always feel like I'm like mispronouncing it because um, <laughs> I mispronounce most things. But that aside, it, it's like an uncommon word, I think, for me. So you, you start with that. If I want it a little spicier, I might throw in a little bit of the Cab Franc. Yep. If I want to mellow it out a little bit, that's what I'd bring in my Merlot. Yes. And if I want to strengthen a little bit, uh, add a little bit of that, that tannin and dryness, then I would bring in some of my Petite Bordeaux. And potentially Malbec too. I, said, I think Malbec is a little more structure as well. It, it's a, Malbec on your palate is going to be heavier than the Merlot. Like Merlot really is the softness. And Malbec is brings in, I almost want to say the prettiness to it. Prettiness. Okay. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> and, you know, and that's what's funny, I think, that I've learned about wine is you can use a word like prettiness. And it's like legit, you know, for certain wines, you know, it's like for, I mean, you wouldn't use that with almost anything else, I think. But when you say it about a wine, we do call wine pretty and beautiful and our winemaker likes to say seductive a lot. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And yeah. Again, oddly enough, words you can use with wine that I don't think you can use with, with many other beverages or indoor foods, right? Yes. No, so. no me too movement here. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yes. There you go. Not with wines. <laughs> So the Malbec, I, I think, I don't know, did we cover that very much or? Yeah, you know, what's interesting about Malbec, and I, we do a single varietal bottled Malbec as well, and it sells out very, very quickly. What's interesting about Malbec is that Malbec kind of has come forward because of the Argentinian Malbec, but it's very different than what is grown here in California, what is grown in France. Uh, you would never see it on its own in France. But it, like I said, it's here, it ripens so well. It smells like a bowl of blueberries and it has that sort of blueberry quality on your palate. That's right. It's you mentioned that. It's easy to drink. It goes with a lot of different things. You can do heavy food. You can just have it on its own. It, it's just something really fun. And so that's a brought in to bring it maybe a little sweeter, a little fruitier mm -hmm. then kind yeah, of a thing? Potentially. If you're going to do that. Okay, nice. And now that said, we've got the... Uh, Cab Franc and the Petit Verdot in their own bottles and bottle on their own. And you're saying that's... Unusual. Unusual, yeah. And and something I think... I'm seeing more and more Cab Franc, I think, these days. But I, I think you're right. It's almost all coming out of, like, at least Northern California, maybe even Sonoma Valley, maybe even narrower than that, do you think? or? Yes. Well, most, most of the Cab Franc that's grown, I would say, is in Dry Creek and Alexander Valley. So the northern part of Sonoma County, because it's warmer up here. So those varietals do like it to be warmer. Uh, Cab Franc is getting a little bit more attention because it's basically the number one grape in Virginia. And Virginia is now the number five region for wine in the country. Uh, Virginia is in the state of Virginia? The state of Virginia, yes. Wow, okay. And I would not have thought of them as a wine-growing region. It is. Okay. And so well, it's tied with Texas right now for number five in the country, so believe wow. it or not. Uh, Wouldn't have said Texas either, yeah. so that's awesome. Cabernet Franc is something I've always sought out. It's actually one of the reasons I work here at Soda Rock was because they we do several Cabernet Francs on their own. They're hard to find. It doesn't, you know, the fruit is small. It looks like Cabernet, so the berries are really tiny. Concentrated flavors. 
if it's not ripened well, it tastes like green pell pepper, which a lot of people don't like. So it has its challenges. But for those of us that like Cabernet Franc, like I do, you seek it out. And we do several of them here, and that's what makes this very unique, is, is the single varietals Cabernet Franc, the Malbec, the Petit Verdot. Very few people do Petit Verdot on its own as its own bottled varietal. I don't think I've... Well, I can't say I've ever, but I don't remember ever <laughs> kind of really seeing that. So it is definitely something you do that's unique. And, and it's because of, is, is it the way they're grown or the location or whatever that they're able to stand on their own? Or you guys are just brave enough to... Our winemaker, Antoine, phenomenal winemaker. And I think it's something that he enjoys doing as well. But it's part of it is the fact that the fruit we get is phenomenal. This particular vineyard, the Runway Vineyard, is um, on the eastern side of Dry Creek. So it's kind of between Alexander Valley and Dry Creek. Okay. And um, it's just, it's a perfect area for, for growing and, and letting them ripen and developing those flavors. Yeah, and that's what we're drinking right now is the, the Petit Verdot, and it is. It, it definitely stands on its own, I think, 100%. And so then there's the merit, Meritage. It's a made-up word. It's actually recognized. The Meritage Society is actually recognized in over 300 uh, countries now. Okay. And um, the society, I believe, has over 6,000 members now. You pay in every year to use the word on the bottle. Otherwise, you have to come up with some clever name. Uh-huh. And then you adhere to those rules. And so, uh, again, Meritage is something that people will seek out. And a Meritage is, uh, and again, just to reiterate, it's not a, a, a grape. Because I think I'd seen it before. I hadn't paid a lot of attention. I think I would just assumed it was a, a grape of some sort. But it's actually a blend of these Bordeaux varietals. Correct. We nice. Just, we can't call it a Bordeaux blend because we're in agreement that we wouldn't use that word on the bottle anymore. Yeah. So we came up with the word Meritage. And so this particular Meritage, uh, we've got four of the five Bordeaux varietals blended in. It's um, 82% Cabernet. And then we've got 10% Merlot, 5% Malbec, and 3% Petit Verdot. Okay, and which Cabernet, I'm assuming it's Sauvignon for this one, right? It is Cabernet Sauvignon, Okay, yes. so there's no Franc in this one. No Franc in this one. Okay, and that's good. And I can, and that's a very interesting, actually. That's something I recommend. I don't know if you guys do this here. I'm assuming maybe you do, but in the tastings, you taste the, the Cab, which is like we did, the Cab Franc and the Petit Verdot, and now tasting the Meritage, and especially having talked about this, I can taste exactly what you're saying about how, you know, it, it's it's actually not super spicy or even or there's not a lot of spice anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming no. that's why there's no franc in there. And then how those other things are kind of balancing it out and balancing that flavor. Absolutely. And it is, you know, actually today, uh, the only one we didn't grab that I still do have open is the Merlot. So we should have. And then we would have had three of the oh, three of go. the five varietals. But on a regular basis, we usually do have one of, uh, you know, our alternative because the Meritage, again, we're calling it a Meritage. We're paying homage to that, but it really is a Cabernet with the blend. Now, um, how much Cabernet was that? 82%. So 82%. It is so technically, technically, you could call that a cab. Yes. Okay. Interesting. But I, And I like that you don't because I think that's a little bit truer to your intent with the wine, I think. is that Would that be the right word? I would say that. Our winemaker tends to make our Cabernets to be 95%, 94, 95% Cabernet. So he really, truly sticks to them being almost all Cabernet. Blends in a tiny bit of Petit Verdot or Cab Franc, or depending on what the year is calling for. Um, I don't see him doing a lot of blending of the other uh, Bordeaux varietals in. So I think that's why we're paying homage to the the Meritage with this one, with doing four of the five varietals in it. Yeah, that's the intent. It's it's a blend of sorts mm-hmm. because you're 
finishing almost, if you will, the mm-hmm. cab, as opposed to just saying, hey, this is our cab, but it's been slightly yes. tweaked, if you will. Yes, he likes to keep our cabs pretty pure to being Cabernets because we grow the Cabernets. We do several Cabernets and they're all from specific vineyards and specific regions. And he he likes to stay really true to those vineyards and the flavors that come out of those. So it shows our spectrum being that we're known in the Wilson family as the Bordeaux house. We have a really nice spectrum of Cabernets that come from different places over Dry Creek and Alexander Valley. And then we have the single varietals of the Cab Franc and Petit Verdot. So this is definitely our, our homage to a blend. And so Bordeaux is a region, correct? Bordeaux is a region. And yes, typically in France and some places outside, but typically in France and Italy, they do tend to name wines by region where we do, we show the region on there, but we tend to show things by name varietal. It by, the, by the varietal by, mm-hmm. or by the grape. So, and that for me is always, I think, and that this kind of helps because I heard Bordeaux, and I always assumed it could be, and, and I guess technically it can be, any grape out of the Bordeaux region. But really, if we're talking about maybe true Bordeaux varietals, then it's one of those five. There's Well, there, until just recently, you were only allowed to grow those only five. Only the five. Only okay. those five. And there were rules about how you could blend them. Now they're opening their minds a little bit more. Uh, but, and, but it was only those five varietals out of Bordeaux. And there, they're primarily blended, it sounds like, too. That's what you're saying. Like, one side, it's primarily blended on the cabs. The other side's primarily blended on the... Merlot. Merlot. So that's kind of the base, and you go from there. So that kind of makes sense. I haven't delved much into those because... I don't, I, it's a Bordeaux wine, so I don't know what I'm getting, right? It's like, is, what's it going to be, right? I, I know it's from the region, but it could be any grape, anything. But that helps because that helps me know, okay, so if it's coming from there, it's probably there. And I can actually probably look on the label and then will they, will they list the percentage? It, it actually, I don't, or, or they the don't grapes? necessarily. Uh, it, you need to look more at where it's coming from, left bank or right bank. And those are the differences in whether it's more Merlot based or cab based. Um, is the town. So you have to know a little bit more about their regions. I think that's also a difference that we do, you know, looking at um, the Meritage bottle. So within Sonoma County, we have 17 or 18 AVAs now. So what we consider regions are AVAs or American Viticultural Areas. Uh, We're in Alexander Valley. It is an AVA. It is specific. And the biggest thing that we look at for an AVA is um, there's about seven factors that go into it, but the most important is the weather and soil different than an area right next to it, say Dry Creek, which is on the other side of 101. Mm -hmm. So we're saying they're specifically different. And so we label by AVA if those grapes are coming specifically, again, there's percentage rules about that from that AVA. So all of these grapes for the Meritage came from Alexander Valley because it says it on the bottle. So, and earlier we were talking about Russian River and being known for Pinot. There's, that's another way that we look at it different than, you know, something that just says Bordeaux. And then you have to know about the specific town and what the rules are for that town within Bordeaux of how they blend. Yeah, got it. Okay, so, and so that helps. That gives me a lot of insight into Bordeaux brought over here, right? And started growing them here. And then you guys opted to kind of like more specialize in those Bordeaux varietals. Yes. Okay. And then, and see, I'm, I'm pulling it all together here. I'm trying to make sense out of this. And then definitely I can see on the labels here, you know, you've got the Dry Creek, the Sonoma and the Alexander. And that's one thing I found very interesting is, uh, I guess the borderline, as you just said, is the, the Highway 101, which kind of goes north and south, right up California yeah. there. You, you're going to get a very different 
Uh, I mean, I guess maybe if you're not right on one side of the highway or the other, but as a whole, two very different kind of... Actually, you could just on one side of the highway or the other. And really, again, that has to do with the Russian River. Russian River runs through the middle of the Alexander Valley. It has moved directions over the years with earthquakes. We're in earthquake country, and the, the 1906 earthquake is what caused, actually, Chalk Hill to shift. And, and that's right next to us as well, and that's a known region for Chardonnay and Cabernet. It's Chalk Hill. You'll see that on labels. A lot of people like Chalk Hill That's as another well. one I've seen, yep. Um, and it, it, most of it for Alexander Valley is that we're up against the hills. We're up against you know the hills that sort of block into Lake County, into Napa County. Heat, we don't see the fog as much over here. Uh, stays much warmer, which is why the Bordeaux varietals grow so well in this area. Versus Dry Creek, you can see the fog a little bit more. It's just that much closer to the coast and you can you can definitely see the fog creep in or, and or the coastal winds we have a vineyard from dry creek that we make our merlot from that um, is really high up and so it can be above the fog below the fog but gets those coastal breezes and can cool down we don't see the fog in alexander valley in the summertime as much as they might see it over there so that's weather that's yeah and that's what's crazy factor. too and i think the because of the, the placement of where they are in the valley here as a whole, it's like who gets the sun when in the day mm-hmm. and everything else. So you've got, again, literally like a freeway drawing a line almost, and you can have completely different wines on either side. So, And you guys, so they're primarily Alexander Valley is what you guys are doing. Primarily, yes. Uh, and growing here because that's where those Bordeaux's uh, do not just as good but better yes. <laughs> than Bordeaux. Yes. Okay. I think I actually kind of understand Bordeaux varietals and how they how they're blended that was awesome too how they all kind of work together and how they complement each other Uh, you you mentioned real quick actually I want to talk about this a little bit about uh, stressing the grape I think you said the heat here can kind of do that a little bit what does that do or add or change here's my best analogy for a grapevine I liken it to if we were to put an eight-month pregnant woman in the middle of the desert Uh oh Right. So this is what the grapevines go through on a daily basis. When we start the day here, I, you know, in the morning I could come in here, it can be 55 degrees or so on a summertime morning, heats up pretty quickly, and we can get up to 105 that day. We'll drop back down to 55 or 60 at night. That's a 50 degree gradient in That's the temperature in a daily, on a daily basis. And what that does to the grapevines, so coming back to my pregnant woman, eight months in the desert, if she was out in the desert without water, her body is going to go into protection mode of that baby and all yes. of her nutrients and water stored are going to go. That's what the grapes do every single day. Oh. So the grapevines, they're very smart. They're very, it, they're very interesting how smart they are. Um, so what they do in the heat of the day, they think that's the end of the world and they, they stress up and they release their nutrients and their water into their grapes and protect them and keep them from burning and and starting yeah. to raise it. Because to them, that's their seeds. That's their next generation kind of a thing, yes. right? So they're putting everything into and that. And okay. in the evening, when the, when the coastal breeze comes in and when it cools down a little bit, they kind of relax. Oh, okay. That wasn't the end of the world. And the moisture that we do get, and if we do get the fog, there was a tiny bit of moisture and they will take that in. And then the next day they go through that okay, time to stress out again. And that's the, the difference that that's what causes the flavors to be really good is that sort of up and down daily temperature gradient, 40 to 50 degrees swing on a daily basis, which you don't get that anywhere else in the world. And because we're tied to the San Francisco Bay and the ocean so closely, that's what happens. It's so unique here. Got it. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's pushing everything into the grape because it's like got to protect it, got to get the, and so, and that's just enhancing the flavor, making it stronger, making it better. 
yeah, better, I guess. Better. Or, yeah, yeah more flavors. flavorful, uh, a little more water in there, which actually, although in some cases you want a little less in there, I guess, depending on what you're trying to do. But then that's where you're also saying too, is that be smart with the water so you get those smaller, tighter grapes, right? Yep. Which are, again, they're concentrated very flavors, concentrated. not a lot of juice. Yes. Okay. Good. Awesome. Amazing. Okay. I have actually learned a lot here today. Well, good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, anything else you kind of want to share uh, as far as Bordeaux varietals? Anything we didn't cover? I think we've covered it pretty well. Excellent. I, I would agree. Uh, how, if somebody wanted to, and I highly recommend, uh, check out Soda Rock, uh, how might they do that? Uh, well, you can just stop in any day. We're open 11 to 5. There's very few days we're closed. So uh, come, always to the tasting come, I- come to the tasting room and check it out. We're always rotating the wines that we have on the tasting menu. And usually we have some surprises open as well. You can email me. I'm Laura at SodaRockWinery.com if you would like to do something a little more educational. We do to do seated tastings. We can also do a local cheese pairing with that. And I think that the cheeses really enhance the flavors of the wine since they are big, bold red wines and they kind of need food to go along with them. It really changes the flavors. Or if there's anything else special you want to do, just let us know. And we're, we, we do weddings here. We do, we've done wedding proposals. You can come bring a picnic and enjoy our front patio. It's a great place to visit. It actually really is. And again, super unique architecture that that's what caught my eye and, and brought me in here the first time. Uh, and so website, you guys, I assume yeah, can Soderock ship. Yes, We can ship pretty much anywhere. Uh, we've got a lot of great events coming up in the month of October and November. They're updated on our website. And if you can think about next summer, we do a summer music series. We do a concert each month um, in the evenings, which is really fun. Bring a picnic, grab some wine that we have on great specials and hang out and listen to music at the winery. Awesome. That's a good day right there. All right. Well, so until next time, um, if you guys have any questions, thoughts, feedback, ideas for topics, you can reach out to us at theunsophisticatedpalette.com. Tell your friends, rate us, all the other good stuff uh, so other people can find us. Until next time, drink responsibly. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.